Hello there, artists. Welcome to another episode of the I Am Me Collective podcast. This is episode 16. Wow. 16. That's really exciting for me. Um, I don't have much else to say about it other than it's really exciting that I've been doing this for 16 weeks now and I'm kind of like, wow, it's become a part of my, a part of my routine brainstorming and thinking about and you know posting things and recording this podcast um and that that for me is pretty cool I I wanted to be like I've I really enjoyed hosting the fang girls podcast with Erin McVeigh who was my wonderful guest for the debut of this podcast our first episode um and I had a great time doing that with her and I listened to so many podcasts and I'm always like you know I want to do that I don't know what I would talk about but I would love to do that I don't know if anyone would listen but I would love to like put myself out there like that and record my thoughts and use my voice and here I am doing it and it's fun and it's it's good for me. I prefer, I think that I'm better, um, I'm better at storytelling and I serve a story more and, um, I'm just able to get my points across much better when I'm able to speak than, um, if I were to do just like a straight up blog. And on Instagram, I have some more posts that are a little more like blog-like. If you haven't, I'm assuming that you found this through Instagram or that you you follow the Instagram if you don't it's I am me dot collective um and there's some fun stuff going on in there but yeah wow this is episode 16 and folks we are at over 500 listens as well so lots to celebrate this week um yay I hope that you all have lots to celebrate too in your lives and on top of all of that we also are, um, if you've been following along with The Artist's Way and working through it, we are a little over halfway through now, The Artist's Way. And I was going to do a podcast episode about that, about being halfway through. Maybe I still will, but I want to do that instead um, in an Instagram live so that people have the opportunity to join and um, to share a little bit about it. And about their experience with it because I mean that's what I want to know I want to talk to other people who are doing it and know how how it's going for them and hear hear what they have to say because I'm (laughs) I said this last week I'm not I'm really hesitant to use the word struggle because it's like well Gabby is it really a struggle or like or is that not exactly the right word but I'm having a hard time staying motivated through it and I really just I talked about this a little bit last week but I think it's because the first time I was doing it everything hit really deep and now there are there are things that hit too but I just don't need to hear all of it in the same way that I did the first time and so I'm still gaining things out of it I'm still practicing getting better at you know just being a creative, uh, being an artist, but yeah, it is a little like, 
it's definitely different this time around and I'm learning different things this time around and before we were starting I remember it during a, an episode I can't remember which episode it was but I was talking about like how it's okay to get a little rebellious, you know, rebel against Julia Cameron and do your own thing if you're not totally, totally jiving with everything that she says in the book. And I've actually found myself rebelling a ton, a ton as I'm going through it this time because I'm like, Ugh, I want to make my own rules and I'm so creative now <laughs> after I did this the first time. Yeah. It was so easy for me to follow like the strict regiment the first time. And now I'm just like, mm, maybe I'll do this instead. Maybe I'll play around with this. Which, honestly, I think that Julia Cameron, if I told her that, she might be happy about it. I think she'd be like, great. I'm so glad that it had the desired effect the first time and that you were able to come back and put your own, put your own spin on it. Um... You know, because I, I know Julia Cameron so well. I know her personally. And so, like, obviously I know exactly what she would say to me in this scenario. <laughs> um, no, but it's been good. And it's been good. And it's been helping me, too. Um, I'm, you know, a creator. I'm an actor. And I really want to get artists in action and help with that. And so going through the artist way again the artist's way it does give me a lot of like it gives me a lot of inspiration for different things that I can do and different things that I'm really interested in and it's also you know it's really helpful having gone through it once already because now going through again I can specifically find certain things where I'm like you know I would do this I would do this differently. I kind of have a different take here. Or I think that's less important than than Julia Cameron does. Or maybe I think this part is more important. Or why the heck isn't like movement really heavily emphasized in this book? You know? I think movement is so important. And I don't think there's a lot of emphasis on that. And so I think there could be more of that. Anyway, that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, apart from all of that, I'm doing pretty well. And I hope you are too. I just got a new job that I start at the beginning of February that I'm excited about. Um, you know, for me, being a, being a working artist, there's... I have to fill in the gaps, you know? I'm not at a place in my career yet where I am acting or, like, being paid to write 100% of the time. Um, so, puzzle. It's an intricate little puzzle being an artist, and we got to figure out what works for us. And so I have another job that I'm tacking on, and I'm, I'm excited about it because I'll be working at a cafe. And I honestly, I miss my old cafe job that I had before I moved here. I was working at a small little cafe called the Firehouse Cafe and Performing Arts Center. <laughs> I, oh my gosh, I made an error and I just talked for several minutes um, without hitting record. <laughs> so I like 
said whatever I said and then I took a pause to drink some water and then I thought I pressed the record button again but I apparently was mistaken and I just like (laughs) a whole a whole several minutes of um chat boom just into into the ether uh but what I was saying is that I'm really excited about working at this cafe because I really like making coffee I like making coffee. The act of coffee making is relaxing to me, even if sometimes um, the customer service aspect leaves some some shit to be wanting, <laughs> leaves things to be desired. I still overall really enjoy it um, and I miss it. And something else I said, but I don't have a way to really organically get into it now because I'm just trying to remember what I what I said that went into the ether, but I was redecorating my space recently, and I have this like bad habit of moving into a place and then not decorating it until it's almost time to move out of the place. And so this time with this apartment, I was like, Gabby, decorate, hang your things on the wall. And some of the things I like to do are take, I I take um, old greeting cards and if they have a really like, not just greeting cards, I guess it can be letters or things like that. But if they have a really sentimental note or something, I take them and I like to hang them on my wall. And then it's like, just like a mini art gallery with all these cards and sweet messages. And um, one of those, one of the cards that I have hanging up is from one of my regulars at that cafe that I used to work at, the firehouse. And another card that I have hanging up was made by the wonderful Jalen, um, who worked at the cafe with me. I don't know if you're listening, Jalen, but if you are, I miss you and you should be on my podcast and we can talk about Rosewater Arts. Jalen does beautiful, ro- um, beautiful roses. <laughs> Jalen does beautiful watercolor work and I have a landscape card that she made hanging up um just because I thought it was really beautiful and I bought it at an art pop-up they used to do these art pop-ups at the firehouse and it was just it was so nice I miss it I mean I know that there are pop-ups and things in Los Angeles it's not just like exclusively small town vibes but whatever I'm I'm excited to be back making coffee again and um I like it. I like that that's part of my my puzzle. You know, as a working artist, if you're choosing to pursue art professionally, sometimes you have to get really creative with your your <laughs> with your finances and how you're making money and um, you know, sometimes it doesn't work for everybody to work a typical nine to five and also be an artist. For some people, it totally does. And they're supported by that and it works great for them. And that's awesome. But like for me, I need a little bit more flexibility than a traditional nine to five allows me to have. So I had to get creative with my little jigsaw puzzle and I'm really happy with what I've ended up with. I feel like one thing I am very good at in this life is finding jobs that are going to enrich my life. Even if there are jobs that are just like your typical service job, like being a barista. I'm like, I am good at finding the ones that, that are going to make me 
feel great <laughs> or at least make me feel thankful to have it as a part of my puzzle. Um, my little artist's puzzle. But anyway, let's get down to business, shall we? Okay. I gotta make sure that I'm actually recording because I took another drink of water. <laughs> Tonight, today, whenever you're listening to this, I am coming to you with some thoughts about people-pleasing. I know it's a big one, and it's one that I think a not insignificant number of artists deal with. Um, A lot of people in general in this world are people-pleasers or have... um, have people pleasing tendencies and I mean it's just it's not uncommon and it's you know unfortunately as an artist it doesn't always matter what other people think of your work but you know we want people to like it (laughs) we want people to be happy with the things that we're making um and this is something that most definitely does not serve us as artists. Being a people pleaser is painful, especially because art is so subjective. It's quite literally, you know, I've said this before. I'm not the only one who said this before. Many, many people have said it before, but you cannot please everybody. It's just, it's absolutely impossible to please everybody. I think the harder we try to please everybody, the uh, the worse off we are, especially in our art. Because um, it's like, it's so interesting because if you're just like uh, doing something other than art, normally if it's not really your thing or if you create more uh, in more of a private way, um... People pleasing like looks like one thing in in your relationships and in your life. And then when you're an artist, like you still have it showing up in your relationships and your life, but then in your career and like the product. Ew. I don't know why I said ew. Art is a product, but it just feels weird. It feels so like Eh. I don't know. It feels like that doesn't feel right to call art the product, even though it it is a product, whatever. Um but it also shows up there, too. Like, your people-pleasing will affect your final, you know, you're not going to get a, a promotion, probably, from being a great people-pleaser. Maybe the person that you're trying really specifically to cater your art to will like it or will have a nice thing to say about it. Or maybe it'll be their favorite piece ever. And great, that's great for them. But what about every single other person who has to look at your piece that is kind of, um, I don't know that isolating is the right word, but, um, I mean, with, with art, you have a target audience and if your target audience, I guess I'm wrong. (laughs) I was just about to go on a tangent about, about that, but I don't know. I just kind of got mixed up, so sorry about that. The point is, um, yes, you want to have a really, you want to have a specific target 
audience. That is good. That's a good thing for your art. But having a target audience is is different from um, from people pleasing and from trying to do something for one specific person's approval. And that can be um, can be a little a little. I think it makes your arc a little bit murky and um maybe maybe it lacks clarity or maybe it's just kind of like has no has no you in it like you've it can be so easy for us I think when we're creating to like and I I definitely I talked about this last week a little bit um where I kind of felt like you know because when I was in um when I was in the the deep deep pits of hell (laughs) with my mental health in college um I my people pleasing was also at an all-time high and I'm happy to say that I feel like now I'm probably just like an average people pleaser (laughs) instead of like a for survival people pleaser and in my art and the work I do my people pleasing has gone down even more than that um because I've, I just think that the more you analyze it, the more you think about it, the more you come back to people pleasing being harmful, um, harmful for you as an artist, uh, harmful for the artistic community because you can't please everyone. You can't please everyone, and if you're basically just giving everything away and doing just whatever, hoping that someone um loves your work and all of that which is motivating you is coming from this need for external validation um this is something that Aaron and I also talked about in episode one we actually had a really great conversation about it highly recommend that if you haven't listened to that episode yet or just go re-listen to it because it's good I I listened to it I listen to a lot of these episodes over again because um, especially my ones with guests, I don't usually re-listen to the ones that are just me. I'm like, yeah, Gabby, I get it. We get it, Gabby. <laughs> but anyway, um, that external validation, it affects your art. It certainly affected mine. Um, and, you know, I've shared like I couldn't get through voice lessons without crying or you know sobbing or even if I was practicing by myself at home I would get so frustrated thinking about like oh I know that's not gonna be what my teacher is looking for or oh I know that like my classmates aren't going to be impressed by this um and thoughts like that definitely like they swirled around in my mind and they haunted my practice and made things really difficult for me um, as an artist, because a part of part of what was motivating me was was that need for validation and um, people pleasing and like being just desperate for my professors to to critique me. I always was like, oh, I know I can do better. I know I can do better. I know I can do better. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is a bad thing if, like, 
again, like I said last week, like <laughs> if you're doing it out of obsession and not of out of love, it's not like, oh, I want to get better because it's fun for me and I'm interested in this and I love what I'm doing. That's great. But if you're like, I need to get better, I need to get better, I need to get better, like because I need my professors to like me or I need like, I need the, the, that, I need that external, that approval, that validation, like um, that obviously is not coming from a very healthy place. I think it can be really dangerous when we're doing things like that um, because I think a lot of us might have a tendency to um, I mean, people pleasing aside, this is hard boundaries. It can be hard to establish and understand and enforce your boundaries as a human being in general. But then as an artist, it can be even more difficult. And then as an artist who is also a people pleaser, what is a boundary? What does it even mean? <laughs> that's, I feel like that's kind of how it can be. I, I, that's definitely how it was for me for, for a while. Um, and I think that especially in, in, I mean, the world that we live in, there's so much emphasis on like hustle culture and like grinding and all this stuff. And I think in like academia, it's not called hustle culture or grinding, but it's just studying really hard and being really dedicated and devoted. And like if you study theater, for example, like theater is not an easy major. Like if you're wanting to party your way through school and do no work, don't major in theater. Because I was in rehearsals at 6 a.m. as a theater major. (laughs) And I also had rehearsals in the evening. Sometimes I'd be in rehearsal until 11 p.m. and I'd go home and then I'd have to go get ready for bed or do some finish up homework and then go to sleep and then get up at 5 a.m. to get back to campus for a 6 a.m. rehearsal. Um, That's not everyone's experience, but that was mine. And that, on the whole was not healthy for me and a lot of that I did I mean it was required so it wasn't it's hard for me to say oh it was people pleasing that made me do that um because I mean it was just kind of a requirement and it also made it really hard (laughs) to establish to establish boundaries and so being like in an environment that already asks so much of you and then throwing people pleasing on top of something like that like we just push ourselves too hard because we're already potentially pushing ourselves to our like physical limits you know we're not getting a lot of sleep we're doing a lot of activity um we're pushing ourselves sometimes to an emotional limit hopefully not but it can be, you know, when you're tired and running on, when the, the tank is maybe half empty or you're running on fumes, we'll say like that, that can make it really, really challenging and challenging to, it can make it challenging to regulate emotionally when you have all of that stuff going on. Um, so then adding people pleasing and this like, oh God, I have to get this done or else I'm going to be rejected kind of mentality. It's just, it's. It makes it really, really 
hard to enjoy what you're doing and it makes it really easy to push ourselves into burnout there are so many creatives and um, artists alike who are who have or will experience burnout at some point and once you hit that point it's it's obviously not impossible to come back but it is hard and it requires and asks you to put yourself first and it can be really hard to I keep saying it can be really hard because that's just the reality of it is that it can be hard to put yourself first when no part of you, um, like when your instinct is to to please others or to put someone else first or you haven't had any examples of putting yourself first. So it's obviously it's easier said than done to like to throw people pleasing aside. Um, so it's kind of like it, it. we have to keep an eye out for ourselves and holding and maintaining really, really strong boundaries for ourselves as artists, Um, whether it's like raising your prices or staying true to a price you've set instead of, you know, like moving or um, changing your, lowering your price if someone is trying to like haggle with you or that's the word, right? Haggle? Yeah. Or haggling. Um. You know, setting a boundary and being like, no, 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 no. I am, people are going to be upset that I am charging this much and I am worth this much. I actually just recently raised my prices for voice lessons and I was thinking about it for a long time and it really stressed me out, (laughs) but I was like, Gabby, do it. Fuck it. Do it do it. You've been thinking about this for long enough. And like, you have been practicing this. You've been actively teaching for several years. And anyway, I had to go through this like whole list essentially of reasons why it was okay for me to raise my prices. Um, And that's all because of my people pleasing, you know, that being rooted in me. It's like, oh, I don't want to raise my prices because then people will be unhappy about it. But it's like, okay, I also don't want to not raise my prices because I want to eat and pay rent. And this is my job that I train for really hard and have invested a lot of money in. I've invested a lot of money into my voice and into voice lessons and into school and training and education and learning how to be a teacher, just all these things, you know? So I anyway, I did it and it was such a relief and I was like, wow, oh my gosh, I definitely needed to do that. Even if it was just to like prove to myself that I could, but that's just an example of like, okay, I have to really set this firm boundary and nobody, I got absolutely zero backlash, by the way, from the people from my students, my clients, I got zero backlash. So it was all just this thing that I was stressing about that literally nobody, it didn't, my students were like, oh yeah, we get it. Totally. Yes. That's totally fine. Um, and they're okay with it. So just remember that for you guys, if you're struggling with like price points, know your value, know that it is okay to stand firm in your worth you deserve to get paid you you deserve to get paid for 
being creative and for your time and your energy and your art um, if that is what you desire. And so I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the boundaries and I was also thinking about the way that we it's like we simultaneously will push ourselves too hard, push ourselves forward um, at any cost to try and please someone. We'll overextend ourselves, we'll overexert ourselves and like not uphold those boundaries while simultaneously holding ourselves back um, from, from taking any risks. So it's so interesting because it's like we're giving everything that we have, but we're also trying to play it totally safe in order to people please. We're not really asking ourselves hard questions um, because a lot of the times the answers to hard questions are not the ones that (laughs) are going to please people. We prevent ourselves maybe from exploring certain ideas. And this is one that I think is challenging and I also think it's really nuanced and I wish that I had another person in the room with me right now to like literally have this conversation with because I've been thinking about like, I think that, you know, I think that art is, art is political and it's definitely a tool used, um, to send messages across and I sometimes think that we socially societally like people pleasing on a massive scale with our art keeps us from exploring any ideas that are hard to explore or maybe um maybe controversial to explore and I I guess I I mean using like being (laughs) of course having great intentions is one thing and like being informed about maybe a controversial topic that you're interested in creating a piece about or that is inspiring a piece like I, I want to just be very clear that I don't think that everybody should make controversial pieces just for the hell of it. And just because like they think they can. I do think that we as artists need to think about the harm that we could could potentially perpetuate um, when we're thinking about ideas to explore. And I think that, you know, if you're trying to tackle a controversial topic, then you absolutely need to be very intentional and very careful and well-researched and do as much, you know, harm prevention with your, with your piece as you can. And so that being said, though, I still think that we are afraid to take risks. And I think that we have created this kind of artistic culture where we don't really always want to have a conversation with our art and that's okay. Not everyone needs to. Um, But I think ideally it would be because, oh, that's not your style. That's not what you want to do. And not because like it is something you're dying to do, but you're afraid of how people might react or you're afraid like, oh, I don't, I don't want this like 
I, okay, I'm just going to get, I'm going to use an example from my own work. Um, and there is a character in this piece that I have been writing um, and kind of like fleshing out. And for a while I was like, oh, should I, uh, like, I'm kind of interested in maybe this being, this character being gay. Um, and I ultimately decided, no, I don't want this character to be, to be gay. And it wasn't because I was like, oh, that's going to get backlash. But what, like, it, I don't think it was about backlash, but it was about, like, I don't want to take the risk of exploring this dynamic in this specific relationship because the relationship that I'm writing about in this piece is kind of um, in itself already controversial. And so I didn't want to like put this controversial lens onto a gay relationship, if that makes sense to you guys. Um, And I don't think, like taking that as a whole though, I don't think that we shouldn't explore controversial shit with gay characters some people might uh, not might some people absolutely are like opposed entirely to like a character being queer and being maybe morally not great I am not I think that characters of all kinds can be and should be all kinds of things but that is like an example of us wanting to like Instead of examining and doing the hard work to understand and find and explore nuance, just shutting a door entirely um, because we don't want to potentially like, I don't know, get <laughs> get canceled or something. I don't even, canceling, is, it's not even real, you know. Who, who, who that's been actually, who that's been canceled is, has actually been canceled and had no like had no foreseeable comeback or you know it's just it's not real um whatever sorry this that may be in itself a a controversial take but really truly like I don't know I'm just thinking about JK Rowling (laughs) JK Rowling is doing she's doing fine um even though she it does and says horrendous things but I'm getting I'm getting way off the point here The point was that I think that people-pleasing sometimes can be the root of us holding ourselves back from exploring and taking risks Um, with the caveat that we, while we take risks, we do need to be informed Um, and we do need to keep in mind the harm that is perpetuated potentially by the story that we're telling or the characters that we're creating, et cetera, et cetera. But like when you ask yourself, what are the ideas I'm dying to explore for me when I ask that question I get nervous I'm like oh I would love to explore this and this and this and that like this is what makes me passionate and this is something I'm interested and I'm really curious about I'm really curious about this other thing too and like I find myself getting nervous even thinking about those ideas and exploring them because I think that people might think it's stupid or people might not get it. 
all of the reasons are about other people and me like making the choice to which ultimately does not help my creativity doesn't help my creativity to not even think of or explore an idea it helps me to explore that idea even if I end up you know trashing it like no harm no foul you explored an idea and you learned something as a creator but if you're so wrapped up in people pleasing that you don't take any risks then you won't learn at all and you won't create um so I think that people pleasing like simultaneously makes us push ourselves for the wrong reasons and it makes us hold ourselves back (laughs) for the wrong reasons anything you know it's just all about that external validation and the things that you're doing for external validation you're not doing for the right reasons kind of you know point blank and of course it's easier said than done to um to not do things for the (laughs) for the wrong reasons um and especially like I understand that people pleasing can be something that is related to trauma and can be triggered by trauma so you know it's not as simple as waking up one day and being like I'm just never gonna people please again I wish but I do think it's like small changes we can make in our lives and the first change is like just bringing awareness to it to our own people pleasing tendencies and asking ourselves like what's the worst thing that could happen if somebody doesn't like this piece or if somebody doesn't like the way I did that monologue if someone doesn't like me singing this song what's the worst thing that could happen and really when you think about it the worst thing probably isn't that bad it's like okay they don't pick your piece they don't whatever that's one person who didn't like you singing that song okay that's one person who didn't like you the way you did that monologue okay great (laughs) um and so it's always just like important to i think come back to earth and remember that someone not liking you and that's hard it's it is hard it doesn't feel good when people don't like us but I think that overall in this like journey that we're on in our lives, being unlikable, taking the risk of being unlikable or your work being unlike- unliked, um, I think it's worth it to take that risk because you'll find out like what work you like. And then you'll connect with the audience that's for you instead of trying to people please your way through a project and, you know, it being one that you don't connect with and one that you really struggle with, but you're doing, you know, because you think that someone else will will like it or because it fits a certain style that's like trendy or popular. All these things are easy to do, but I think the more that we can distance ourselves from it, the better the better. So yeah, ask yourself some questions. Get get a little introspective about it. What are the ideas I'm dying to explore? You know, if I could if I could create anything and knew with certainty that everybody would love it, what would I do? Like it was a guarantee. If it's a guarantee that everybody loved it, there was literally 
no risk in creating it. You have an unlimited budget, like all of that. What would you make? And I think it's fun to explore those things. Um, also exploring like what, what pieces have I made because I thought I was supposed to? Or what projects have I done because I thought I was supposed to? I think that can also be a good question to ask ourselves. And I know that I have <laughs> I have a big answer. Actually, right before I came to record this, Aubrey and I, if you haven't listened to Aubrey's episode, um, basically what we talk about in the kitchen, <laughs> before I came and recorded this, Aubrey and I actually had another another kitchen talk that was very long and it was about it was about regret and a project and doing certain things and not not speaking up and anyway. That's a an episode and that's a whole other episode. But yeah, if there's anything I could leave you with, I'd leave you with, you know, just say fuck it. Fuck what other people think because at the end of the day, you are the one who has to live with the art that you make. And so do you want that to be art that you like and connect with or do you want that to be art that has has none of your soul in it because it was made trying to please somebody else and not for a birthday (laughs) please by all means if you're making someone a birthday gift specifically for them then you can get a little people pleasy make them something that they like but apart from that it doesn't matter make what feels good to you Explore what you're dying to explore. Build a relationship with those boundaries. Figure out what your boundaries are so that when the time comes, you are prepared to enforce them. And take risks. Stop holding yourself back. Be curious. Be brave. We're artists. Art is fun. Taking a risk won't kill us. Please don't go out and do anything that will uh, kill you. I would just like to say I'm not encouraging you to suddenly go and do something really wild and artistic that's that's very dangerous. Don't do that. I don't know what that would be even. My brain goes somewhere underwater. <laughs> just be safe. Um, <laughs> I don't really know how to end the episode now after I said that. <laughs> now I feel silly. Hee hee hee. Okay. Well, thank you for listening, folks. And... um stay keep keep your eyes on the instagram and join in the live i think i'll be doing it probably this weekend um so i'll have more about that later and then we can all catch up about the artist's way and how it's going for everyone um and i hope you have a wonderful week i will talk to you next time and you know have a great time making art i'll talk to you later bye